in 2007, I think this movie just kind of comes off as a zombie movie, like a different take on a zombie movie in a quote unquote pandemic. Now, still being in a pandemic, it's got a very different feel. I'm like. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Other Brothers Podcast, the show where two best friends give their thoughts and opinions on all consumable content out there in the world. I'm Colin. And I'm John, and we are your hosts. Today, we're going to be talking about the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. Yeah, I Am Legend. That's a little bit of a throwback. 2007? So, the reason for doing this was more so just because it was a movie that I hadn't seen, and... Like it's a yeah. relative, it's a it's a very well known movie. <laughs> yeah, and we're and we're starting to go through the, the top fives that we've been doing and kind of like catching up on movies that we've missed. And by we, I mean John. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I've watched a lot of movies, just not you know the quote unquote important ones. So I figured I would just watch I Am Legend. I was like, Colin, I just watched this. It's pretty cool. You want to talk about it? He was like, you just watched it? I was like, yeah. Um, I yeah. did. So. It's all right. After much disappointment, we decided to make a podcast about it. So yeah, here we are. Yeah. Figured it makes sense. It's all good. That being said, last episode, we did our top five sci-fi movies. And in that episode, this was not one of our movies, but I really like this movie. <laughs> so Yeah. I don't I mean I hadn't seen it, so it doesn't matter that it so was are, on my are you list. already thinking of changing up your top five lists just, just from one watch of this movie? I don't know if I would do that. I was pretty happy with my list just in general, but it would definitely at least be an honorable mention, if not more. So That's fair. Who knows? But before we really get into the movie, I just want to take a moment to remind you guys that if you have not seen I Am Legend we are going to be talking about it in depth. We are going to be talking about things that happen in the movie. So if you have not seen it, don't listen to this episode or watch it and come back. Or just listen to it and don't watch it. That's up to you. But there will be spoilers from here on out. You have been warned. So you said that you just watched this movie for the first time. And I watched it for the first time in a very long time. And given the current situation going on in the world... It takes on a very different vibe. So what did you think? Because go th- imagine watching this movie through the lens of it coming out in 2007 versus watching it in 2022. Yeah. So, I mean, in 2007, I think this movie just kind of comes off as a zombie movie. Like a different take on a zombie movie in a quote-unquote pandemic. Now, still being in a pandemic... It's got a very different feel. I'm like, what if this was the pandemic? Like, this is a very real something. Because imagine this this being pushed around like some circles of the internet that are just gross. Like, oh, this is a reason to not. I know, dumb people. But like, just the opening scene. This person being like, we found a cure for cancer by using a different disease in a better way. Yeah, I'm like, cure for cancer. Rabies. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh, good. This could be a hypothetical something that someone tries, and that scares me, <laughs> and I don't like that thought, so I brushed that out of my brain relatively quickly. <laughs> yeah. But it's still there. And talking about the zombies, they are, honestly, even 2022, they hold up. They're scary. The monster creation's great. 
there's a couple times where the animation you can tell that it's like definitely early 2000s animation but good early 2000s animation yes one of the things that i actually wrote when i was watching this was it's a very interesting take on zombies it's not one that Mm. you see a whole lot like zombies are usually just like these like messed up flesh kind of (laughs) beings and like that's really the only difference between them and a living person like that and they're trying to eat people right yeah and then they're they're either like world war z zombies where they're just running machines or they are walking dead really slow gross looking things yeah these are way more thought out creatures like just in the creation yeah. of them, like the fact that they need to avoid sunlight, like the su- they have a sun sensitivity. You don't normally think about that with zombies. Like, I guess it makes a lot of sense, but it's not something that really comes to mind, right? You don't really see that affecting anything. In The Walking Dead, it doesn't, for example. Um, yep. It's caused by an airborne virus. It's not just like an internal brain thing or... Yeah, it, it mutates to go airborne and that that alone that's terrifying that's really scary that's crazy like you could just breathe and become a zombie you don't have to be touched by a zombie it doesn't happen because of that necessarily it's weird to me Mm -hmm. and they're like the leader person like the leader zombie that you see in this movie he's smart Mm -hmm. he's like tactical he plans things out he literally commands an army like that's so different in terms of zombie like he is coherent he knows what he's doing yeah. And that's what's really cool about it, I think. It's so interesting to me. Yeah. So one thing that really gets me with this movie, I, I kind of remember it being a thing. I, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I remember hearing that the zombies aren't quite zombies, but a new species and that have their own social order, their own behavior, you know, mannerisms, and they've become okay. transformed humans. So that's where they get that kind of social planning, like you were saying, the, the being able to mm-hmm. improvise tactics and whatnot. Because, I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, there's still a human in that, but it's been so long that it's now become somewhat of a mutation. Yeah. I mean, I guess zombie wouldn't be the right word because they're not like undead creatures. Because the whole point of this movie is this doctor is trying to revert them back to being human. Which alone is such an interesting idea. Yeah. So, like, obviously there is still human life in them. It's not like they died and came back as a zombie. They are just sick, essentially. But, yeah, and kind of on what you were saying, there's a moment in the movie where Will Smith's character literally says, as he's, like, recording or whatever, he's like, they have almost lost the ability to, like, be coherent Like, it took a while for them to get that way. For, like, the three years that this pandemic has been going on in this world, they have only been deteriorating more and more. But, like, at some point, that must mean they had, while they were sick, some semblance of humanity still. Yeah, and and I think that they showed a little bit in the movie, and I wish that they showed it a little bit more, but not showing it, I guess, makes them more like creatures of the night kind of things. But that just makes me think of that woman uh, in, with the helicopter scene that's trying to get her daughter on board and there's blood just pouring out of her eyes. Mm-hmm. Like that that image, definitely saw that in a nightmare. That was, that was pleasant. That was yeah, great. that's a scary one. That's crazy to me. With that helicopter scene, I really like the back and forth with the flashbacks in this movie. I thought it was tastefully done. They didn't need to show 
all of the early stuff at the beginning of the movie. They didn't need to show all of the exposition of this is what's happening. This is why everything happens. It's oh yeah, it just starts. It drops you in the world and off you go. Yeah, they they threw it in when you needed to know it, mm-hmm. and it left you with questions throughout the movie to keep you thinking and, and engaged, being like, why isn't his family with him? Why can't he contact them? Where are they? Are they alive? Where's everybody else? (laughs) Why does he why is he taking care of a dog in Mm -hmm. a pandemic of all things? It's all answered. It all makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool aspect of the movie as well as the use of flashback to tell different parts of the story as it's needed. Oh, absolutely. And uh, speaking of dogs, Sam, played by a dog named Abby, is an amazing dog. dog, man. Oh, my God. Apparently, she was rescue. And was trained up for the movie in just a couple of weeks. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, right? Yeah. And the the scene where the spoilers, after Sam gets attacked mm-hmm. and is limping, they achieved that through just putting a little bit of scotch tape on her paw. That's awesome. That's <laughs> I mean, really not, cool. Yeah, well, a way to not be terrible to animals and like but get, still get the look that you're going for. That's awesome. Yeah, Sam, Sam dying. Oh, that's very an emotional hard. hit. I forgot. It's a very hard thing for me. That was the <laughs> worst part of the movie. Like, honestly. It is rough. Like, spoiler, yes, Will Smith dies at the end. I didn't care Maybe. nearly as much. Yeah. Well, I didn't care nearly as much about that as I did about Sam dying because just dog dying in a movie is like the heartbreaking thing to me. But dog dying as a man's only friend in the world, only other creature that they interact with. And the only remnants of a past life. Mm-hmm. Even oh. worse. Oh, it, it hits real hard, especially with the fact that it's over the thing that he's trying to cure. Yeah. It's I just, oh. oh, it's rough. I want to go back just a second to the beginning of this movie. Okay. So not the like first, first scene where it's before the pandemic happens and she's curing cancer with a measles alternative. But after when that. When he's going hunting with the dog? Once they jump to three years later. It's not even about what's mm-hmm. happening in the scene. It's just the shots of this messed up, deserted, destroyed, like dead New York City. I think this is like the most heartbreaking, real depiction of a post-apocalyptic New York that I've ever seen. Yeah. Do you remember the show Life After Humans? No, I don't think I've ever seen Life Life After Humans. I think that's the name of it. I think it was on either History Channel or maybe Discovery, but I think it was History Channel. And it was basically like renderings of what cities would look like a day after humans disappeared from Earth. Uh, A week, a month, a year, five years, ten years. Okay. A decade, uh, centuries. And basically the Earth would just revert back and kind of take over structures naturally. Basically it would just show what life would look like on the earth and how nature would kind of take back over the cities. Mm-hmm. And I am legend really captures that vibe perfectly. Like it is so well done between it being like so overgrown just by the plants, which would totally happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's completely deserted. There's literally no humans except for Will Smith, the animals just running through the streets. Yeah. The, the packs of deer kind of just, taking the streets yeah the lions that are just out in the streets like it's like the plants literally coming out of the streets like they just grew through like the ground it's eerie and very ominous just seeing that with like what do you think of uh times square 
Times Square was, yeah, Times Square was crazy. Times Square actually, I think, is the reason why this scene felt so real to me. Because they had all the posters up mm. of all the shows that were out in 2007 or whenever this time this like took place. Um, it was weird seeing ads for movies that have been out for over a decade now. Yeah, sorry, not to like step on what you were saying, but that like that blew my mind when I was watching it. Like the big Batman v Superman poster, and everybody was like, "Oh yeah, Batman v Superman, that could be good." Like there was that. There there was like just a wicked billboard. There was so many things. I was like this is what that would look like and that's crazy um so it really did yeah make it feel real that adds to like the eeriness the omin the ominousness of it strange but very cool that's fair and i know this is uh, something that like isn't related to the movie in any way but whenever i see Times square or think of Times square i think of going to virgil's which is that restaurant like right um across the street from where toys r us used to be yeah. That's a restaurant that my family would always go to. If you're ever in New York City, go to Virgil's. Get the train wreck fries. Get the wings. They're both incredible. We're not sponsored by them, but we should be. That'd be great. <laughs> wow, yeah. But um, So when I, when I saw that scene in the movie, all I could think of was memories of Virgil's and memories of being in Times Square and visiting and just the shock of what it would be like to see it so quiet. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. It would be so weird because Times Square is hustling and bustling all day, every day. There's people constantly. It's not quiet. And seeing New York in such a silent way, Ugh. weird. And to cope with that, Will Smith kind of does some... Fast driving. Some rearranging of the city. Well, some fast driving, yes. But he also decides to populate the city a little bit, utilizing mannequins. Yep. That's now, That a was the time. I don't know why... <laughs> They freaked me out so much. Like, in the first scene that we They're see... They're mannequins. Yes. That's why. It was just like... He's, like, having a conversation with them, and he's, like, eyeing up this lady mannequin over by the DVDs, which, like, obviously, she's not a real lady, but she's, like... He's, like, man, maybe I know I should talk to her, uh, but I don't know if she'll want me to talk to her, blah, blah, blah. And she's, like, just the eyes on her, very creepy to me. I don't know. I got very freaked out by it. It also made me really sad after everything happened with Sam when he just, he walks up to the lady mannequin and is like, I promised my friend that I would talk to you. Like, yeah, even even though it was still talking to a mannequin, it just, you know, just stabbed me in the heart again. Well, it's it was fine. like it was I, that know. and it was like the pleading for her to say something back. Yeah. But she's a mannequin like it can't happen. Mm -hmm. But he just needs someone. Yeah. So, like, this is the closest he can get, and it's still not going to work because he just lost the one living thing that he had, aside from himself. Yeah. And in the scene where Sam is attacked, and that, that whole thing goes down uh, with the Fred mm -hmm. mannequin standing there, Yeah. for the shot in the distance, um, they actually replaced the mannequin with a mime to actually have the head turn. That way it would, like... Oh, get really? into like uh i forget will smith's character's name um but get into his head uh to kind of see the world through kind of losing it a little bit you know it's been so many years like he's starting to see stuff you know whoa i didn't know that that's cool yeah that's like extra creepy but really cool yeah i didn't notice the head turn in the movie but i was like that's a mannequin that wasn't there mm. and that's what i mean by like these not zombies but zombies like 
being smart and like being willing to like hurt themselves in the sun to set a trap to get to the one living man that is still there. But um, not only to get to the one living man that is still there, but to get back one of their own who was trapped and taken by him. Which I'm going to be honest is not what I took away from any of that. Mm, okay. Until I watched the alternate ending of this movie, which we'll get to in just a little um, bit. Um, yes. I have thoughts. <laughs> I do too, um, and I I don't know which I prefer. Well, we'll talk. About I like it. both for different reasons. Yeah, we'll get there. But that scene, that attack scene, when he gets trapped upside down, mm-hmm. stressed me the heck out, man. Yeah, I was so stressed. Like, oh man, and he get like passed out, and Sam was just barking at him, and I was like, he's not gonna wake up, and you not know, until you- it's too late. You know what I was really thinking that like was an extra like stab in the heart for all of this? That was his birthday. He yeah, he, it was. he woke up in such a good <laughs> mood and was having such a good day. Ugh. It was that was a real bad birthday. Following this whole encounter and Sam uh unfortunately being bit by a now infected dog, things hit a real low. Yeah, things did hit a real low. Um, was not ready for the, like, essentially suicide attempt at the dock either. Yeah, no, um, that's exactly what that was. Yeah, was not ready for that one. Yeah. After all the work that he had put in to just give up. But, like, also, it makes a lot of sense. It's mm-hmm. very real in that sense. It just caught me off guard. I mean, he'd been trying for the cure for so long, and he had a cure that kind of worked, and then it didn't work, and then it really didn't work. It just mm-hmm. hit a real low. Yeah. Um, I forget their character names. I don't have their character names either. I didn't write a single note about these two. It's fine. We haven't said his name the whole podcast. I know, but I'm pulling it up. Okay, just for my peace of mind, Will Smith's character is Robert Neville. Uh, and then to drive the final nail into the coffin of the world's saddest birthday, even in current events going on within that movie, Anna and Ethan show up waiting on the dock Yep, on his birthday. Yep. And he's not there to greet him. He is he's not. trapped upside down above a puddle that he is slowly bleeding to death into. Yep. But they save him. They save him from uh, his attack that he's got going on because they've got UV lights. They drive off the zombies, monster creature things, and the death of Sam, I remember in this movie being a lot earlier on, and I was surprised that we stayed with the dog for so long, but I did remember that Anna and Ethan showed up, and I thought that they were in the movie for longer. Yeah, they weren't in it for very long at all, which, like, introducing these two other people, the only other humans in the whole movie, essentially, that are alive... They're not in it much. No, and and they do a really good job, I think, at, even though they're not in the movie for long, leaving a strong enough impact to be their own characters, memorable characters, uh, to the point that, like I said, I thought that they were in the movie longer, but also that the zombie monster creatures are smart, and within, what is it, one day, two days, they track Robert Neville back to his house. I I thought it was great. I mean, terrifying, but great. Oh, yeah. 
No, I thought so too. I thought that the fact that these people saved his life, but also effectively ruined his life um, because they did not keep the monsters from finding out where he lives, which was a really interesting thing at the beginning of the movie when he's like throwing that like alcohol, whatever it is in front of his doorsteps. Like yeah, I, I think it's like whatever, vinegar or something. Inside to hide his, it's like to hide his scent or whatever. Yep. I'm like, what the heck is he doing? Like... Yeah, there are like a whole lot of little details in the movie that are purely just little details that yeah, it doesn't tell you, which is great. But then it ties them in. I'm like, oh, he knows that they can track him because mm-hmm. they're smart and he knows that. But we don't. We think they're just like dead zombies who are stupid and are like, I'm going to eat brains and that's it. But they're <laughs> methodical. They're planning. They're smart. They're tactical. Like I was saying before. And the fact that he knows that, but it's not really shown to us until then, like three quarters of the way through the movie. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool to me. Yeah. Um, Robert Neville doesn't do well integrating with uh, Anna and Ethan at first. And I think that they show what it would be like to be completely away from everybody else in this environment for so long. And then suddenly, oh, Here's a woman and her son interact. You don't have a choice. Yeah. And like, as a teacher, I see that now a little bit, not nearly as severe, but like in Mm. school, like kids were out of school for two years. They didn't see other people really, except for like their parents or their siblings or whatever, a whole lot. And they like people just lack social skills now. Yeah. And it's not because there's an army of, very very sick almost undead people around it's just because we're in our houses and the only contact we have with people is through screens so we don't know how to actually interact with a person it's really interesting like you said kind of taking the comparisons from this 2007 movie to now yeah like that's a minor comparison because it's not the same but like you can kind of relate the idea of social anxiety and not knowing how to talk to a person yeah, no, watching this movie in 2022 is way different than watching it in 2007, because back in 2007, you go, yeah, that's just a character going through some really rough stuff. Now it's relatable, which is kind of really sad, but it is what it is. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like watching Jaws nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. like back then it was, oh, wow, stupid mayor, stupid beach. But now it's, oh, maybe this is a little more, you know? Yeah. Um, so the zombie creatures run up on their house and we get a really intense action scene kind of out of nowhere with massive explosions and guns and yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) The moment when like the head zombie guy bit Neville and like picked him up just with his mouth and and just threw threw him him across the room. (laughs) I was like, holy crap. What? (laughs) Yeah. The the entire street being rigged to blow, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. I mean, Neville is immune, mm-hmm. which... Also, how is Neville immune? They don't really explain that. Is that just like a genetic flaw? Kind of like, and he's a just a lucky? luck thing. Yep. Like, like I mean, I guess it... they explain it a little bit. Like, a few people are, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess that makes sense. Um, I was just like, it's a good thing, because that's, that's a deep wound right there. Yeah. Like, there's no... <laughs> fixing that one you can't avoid it but yeah that's a crazy intense scene 
when Anna and Ethan are hiding underneath like the bookcase or whatever, and there's the one guy trying to punch through the ceiling, and they're yeah. trying to be as quiet as they can so they're not spotted. That was stressful. I was like, wow, oof. This it was. I knew it was going to be a tense movie, mm-hmm. but like the moments they chose were very, very powerful. And the fact that we had just seen Sam die meant that these new characters within uh, Robert Neville's life, they could, they were both or one of them possibly going to die. Yeah. These two people that like, we really don't know a whole lot about. We're like slightly invested in because like, yeah, she's not going to take any of Neville's crap and that's really cool. And she seems like a cool character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that we have been like people thank god more people okay i want to like this person because they're a person mm-hmm. so i feel like that alone makes you want them to live so the yeah. stress is already there you're like it's not like well this character could die i don't care one one's a little boy and the other one is the only other human alive that we've seen in this movie so yep aside from the flashbacks but those don't count yeah. so it's fine they then with this whole fight scene find themselves in the basement and this is where we get our theatrical ending and our alternate ending. And in the theatrical ending, uh, fight scene, fight scene, hide behind the wall. Dr. Neville sees the butterfly tattoo on Anna and remembers his daughter, you know, saying, look, it's a butterfly a whole bunch of times to bring it kind of full circle in a weird, almost, I don't, I don't want to say like destiny kind of way, but like. I don't know. It, it. Yeah. Yeah. Almost kind of like fate. Almost. That's the yeah. word I was looking for. And real quick. It's kind uh, of like in the Matrix when they're like, follow the white rabbit. And then the person with the white rabbit appears at the door. It's kind of that same vibe. Yeah. And real quick, uh, Marley Neville, who plays his daughter in the uh, flashback scenes, is played by Willow Smith, mm-hmm. his daughter. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Sweet. But then in a complete juxtaposition, Dr. Neville takes a grenade out of the drawer Puts Anna and Ethan in the uh, coal chute after finding the cure in the female zombie that he has hidden. Gives them the cure, slams the door shut, and runs with a grenade straight into a wall and blows himself up. You can probably tell by my tone that I wish that the alternate ending was the true ending of this movie. Okay. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Interesting. So, um, okay, so that's basically the theatrical ending the alternate ending is a little different where he is talking to he's like trying to get the head zombie guy to stop trying to break through this glass and he sees the butterfly tattoo on this zombie lady that he has tried to cure and he takes that moment he realizes they're not here for him they're here to get her back and so anna's like what are you what are you doing and he's like i'm listening and so he takes the lady zombie, he opens the door because they stop banging on it. He opens the door. He takes it out to the rest of the zombies. And he essentially just gives her back to... He does take the vial of uh, blood cure, though, first. That was a weird way to say that. Um, before he gives the zombie back, he has the head zombie guy yelling in his face, being very angry. But you can also see sadness... And uh, he yeah. reaches for a syringe and the other zombies get ready to fight him. But then, you know, the head zombie's like, no, hold back for a second. Uh, so he takes a syringe, takes a little bit of the blood. And then, I, yeah, 
the head zombie, very sad, very upset, then sees that the female, uh, I think in the credits, oh, <laughs> in the credits, they're listed as alpha male and alpha female. Okay. Interesting. They reconnect, and she's obviously hurt but still alive. He scoops her up, and they leave. And yeah. Dr. Neville lives. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's so much more of like an impactful and emotional ending. I would have really elevated the film as a whole. So I don't know which one I like better. I kind of, I've been going back and forth in my head. And my reasons for that are after I watched just the movie and I did not watch the alternate ending, the note that I wrote was, I don't like that he had to die. Yeah. But it makes sense to have that legacy or legend, which is literally what he said, like his his like overdubbed voice says at the end of the movie, like this is our legend saving the people. Uh, Anna's voice. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, so that part of it, I like, mm-hmm. um, I like, I didn't like that he died. No, because it's Will Smith's, it's the main character of the movie. You never really want to see them die. If you can avoid it. Um, aside from the him dying part, I liked how the ending kind of went. Hmm. I, so the reason why I think I didn't mind the original ending is because I did not take any of the attacks by this zombie group toward Neville in the movie as wanting to get back this woman that he took. I never really put that together until watching the alternate ending because then he gives them back. He gives her back and they're calm. Like, I didn't think about it like that because that's not something that they really alluded to and tried to make super prevalent in the movie. No, that's fair. It took me probably until I watched the movie for a second, third. And I think this was like my fourth or fifth viewing because it'd been a few years since I'd seen it watching it with the alternate ending in mind again. And then the first thing that you see him do with these zombies is capture one for his trial program. Um, and you see all the other faces on the wall of other zombies that he tested on that didn't make it. Watching it with that in mind as to kind of motivation as to why there's conflict, other than just zombies being zombies, um, I don't know. It, it To me, it feels like it elevates the movie a little bit. And not that I'm a scriptwriter or anything, but one thing that I would have loved to have seen would have been uh, the voiceover, can, you know, same as normal, but now Dr. Neville's with them. He goes in, gives the cure, and then it cuts to, like, 40 years later, and uh, still overdub. You know, you still you get people immunizing within their own community, and then spreading that somehow, maybe with, like, drones or something in an aerosol or whatever, over to the zombies. Yeah. And then cut to his grave, or memorial, or something in that town. That way you can still get the I Am Legend kind of, like, overall vibe. But the movie is what it is. But I don't know. I I think that the alternate ending really changes the movie for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. It definitely changes it. Um, it's a very different impact at the end. One of the things that confused me about it is they take the time in the movie to, like, express how this woman is literally getting better. Like, she is Mm -hmm. healing because of this cure that he found between himself and her blood, like, mixing or whatever and making it happen. But then he gives her back without 
completely healing her and leaving her like getting better but the rest of it's definitely the something that they're not when they were that's yeah it was weird to me i don't know no that's fair when they showed this movie with that ending it was still with like test screenings and then they went back in and did reshoots so like the script is different not crazy different but it is a little different gotcha okay interesting and I knew I did see that they originally did plan on using the alternate ending as the ending, and then they changed it and put in the theatrical ending instead for like final release. That is yeah. something that I noticed and did read, which I was like, oh, cool, interesting. So I was wondering why and how that happened. So what you just said makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. And if you do plan on watching this movie or have seen the movie but haven't seen the alternate ending, and I know we've just talked about it for the last little bit, but go watch it. I obviously i really like it yeah it's definitely a cool take on it it's just different but i enjoy the fact that he lives i like that he can go with anna and ethan to vermont where there are supposedly people which we don't necessarily know because they don't show it but we like to think there are because that's happier i mean Um, they do in the theatrical version (laughs) yes they do in the theatrical version that's true cool uh one last thing about this movie that i want to talk about real quick is this movie flew by start to finish. I remember it being a longer movie and I was surprised by just how short it felt. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's because the last couple movies that I've seen it have all been like two, two and a half hours long. But this movie just like I was saying, I thought we had a lot more time with Sam and I thought we had a lot more time with, uh, Anna and Ethan. Yeah. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. It's just really fast paced and it's, faster than i thought or over faster than i thought it was the pacing of it is very very well done i think because it doesn't make you feel bored it doesn't let things drag on too long and it keeps your attention throughout the whole thing between the different things that happen that's fair one other thing that i want to mention is that i had no idea up until doing research about this movie while looking up just a couple fun facts here and there this is based off of a book based off of a book from the 50s Oh, cool. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's really cool. Huh. Nice. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's I Am Legend. Uh, what, what's your overall thoughts, John? I mean, I really liked I Am Legend. I thought it was really cool. If I had to give it a rating from one to five, one being the worst, five being the best, I would probably give this movie a four. Um, I really liked it. I did. As far as zombie movies go, if I was just rating zombie movies, this would be at like the top of my list because... It's a very different take. It's very cool. Oh, um, be a fun I just like five. the story of it. That would be an interesting top five for sure. Um, yeah. But I did like it. I thought it was, especially in 2022, it's a very impactful movie. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of symbolism that you wouldn't normally put in this movie up until yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. But it's very impactful. I did like it. I would totally watch it again. Sweet. What about you? Uh, I would go for a four as well. Obviously, there were a couple of parts in this movie that, I don't know, not were hard to watch, but like everything with Sam, like as emotionally impactful as it was, it was rough to watch, you know? Yeah. But overall, the movie looks great. The script is solid. Uh, The flashback scenes don't go on for too long. They give you just enough detail. And the overall concept of the movie works. So yeah. Yeah. I'd go with a four. Sweet awesome so uh hopefully fours all around (laughs) yeah 
So hopefully you've enjoyed what you've heard, and if you did, don't forget to rate us uh, five stars on whatever podcast listening place you like to use. If you did enjoy what you heard today, we will go and find this big bad alpha guy and just be like, hey, get him. Oh. No, I don't think we would do that. <laughs> Maybe not. Rough. That would be really, really rude, yeah, um, especially just for a podcast rating. But really, if you just, just give us five stars, then it's not a problem. Yeah, do um, it. There are new episodes of the Other Brothers podcast every Tuesday. And if you have any suggestions on what you think we should review next or what kind of top five we should do, because we do those too, you can let us know at Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at Other Bros Pod. And most importantly, please tell your friends about us. Yeah. We're just trying to get more of a following. We want to see as many listens as we can. Um, and we, <laughs> and like we already said, give us your feedback. Yeah, I've been Colin. I've been John. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Other Brothers Podcast, and we'll see you next week. All right, see you guys.